So, like, you know, I don't know if y'all know this, but I have a I have a daughter now, and she cries a lot. You know, it's like y'all said that that being a dad would be hard, and being you know being a mom would be hard, but like. You just have to experience it. Like, you, you can be ready for it, but you are not prepared for it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, because life doesn't stop when you have the kid. You know, you can't just, you know, stop life. Everything keeps going, and then you can keep taking care of the kid. But um, anyways, now I'm, I'm up here, so I have to talk. You know, I have to, have to share the word now. And uh, just like Kenny said Sunday, it's like you feel like uh, you know you feel like you wanted to miss church. Like think about the pressure that I feel wanting to miss church. You know, like he was like, I don't have to show up because I don't have to take a salary. I can't say the same thing. But uh, he he's like, you know, I I don't have to show up, but I feel like I have to because I have to preach. And like if everybody came here and there was no preacher, so I didn't want to come tonight, honestly, because it's hard to preach and. Um, it's hard to to feel like a hundred people rely on you to for for something, you know, and you feel like you can't come through um, every time. You know, my coach, uh, my basketball coach, told me I was I was like the stock market. I would have you know high days and I'd have low days, and that I was never consistent. You know, like I'd have a game where I'd you know go off for like twenty something points, and the very next game I'd I wouldn't hit a free throw. You know, like it just is how I am. So here, here's one of my uh, my negative days in the stock market. But uh, I was thinking about this that um, it's a good thing that I don't have to be positive in the stock market. It's, it's a good thing I don't have to be on my peak for the good news to work, you know. And it's a good thing that that the good news doesn't depend on the peak or you know rely on me staying on the peak and, and not falling when I go to falling. In fact, what's crazy about this is is that we are kind of like a stock market. You know, we have good days and we have bad days. You know, some days are we are worth more than other days. We have good days spiritually and bad days spiritually. And uh, I'm, I'm reading this book called The Disciplines of Grace. And get this, that he describes the good day spiritually. You know, we wake up, we have our quiet time, and we're like, man, I'm on fire. I woke up at like 5 this morning, and I, I don't even have to be at work till like 7.30. I'm going to go get me some breakfast at Jack's, and I'm just going to, I mean, like I'm on fire spiritually. Like I had time with God this morning, and you go to work, and, you know, everything generally kind of goes your way, and you're like in a good mood and, and everything like that. That's your good day, and, and probably toward the end of that day, you have an opportunity to share the gospel, and you do, and you're like, Woo, you know, like, let's go, you know, King of God forever. Like, I'm just, I'm on fire for this stuff, you know, let's go. And then you have your bad day spiritually where you tend to, like, sleep through your alarm. You're like, gosh, I'm so tired one more time, you know. My wife knows that I do that every morning, not just bad spiritual day mornings. Every single morning I do that, and I can't wake up. I don't know why there's something wrong with me, you know, but um, it's really not. I'm just lazy, and I don't want to get up. And the house is cold in the morning. I don't really want to get up when it's cold, you know, and you're all cozy. You don't really want to get up. So anyways, you have your bad day spiritually. You wake up late. You don't really, you skip your quiet time so nothing really ever feels the same after that and you start to beat yourself up. You didn't have your quiet time and then at some point in your day, you know, things just aren't going right and you're just like, oh, can we just, day just end? Like I just want to go to sleep and start over the next day. And then you have like an opportunity at the end of the day to share the gospel and you're just like, mm, nah, you know, not today because, you know, 
having a bad day. Like, I don't feel worthy to share the gospel, or I'm probably going to say something wrong because I didn't have my quiet time. I don't really have something fresh in my mind and stuff like that. But here's what I was thinking about. Even during a bad day spiritually, see, the whole point of that, that he was saying that in this book was that it still doesn't make you not a child of God when you have a bad day spiritually. Your relationship with your Heavenly Father is still the same. It's still the same. You're still a child of God. You still have the Holy Spirit. You still are in that relationship with Him, whether you have a good day spiritually or a bad day spiritually. And it, it brought me into this. And here's the thing, is that no matter what kind of day you're having or what kind of season you're in, whether you feel lonely, you feel like this trial will never end, these thoughts, maybe someone in your family has just passed away, maybe someone you know, maybe someone close to you has just passed away, maybe there's sickness in your family, maybe your aunt or uncle or whatever has an illness that they really, you know, maybe like cancer, and they can't find a cure for it, and, you know, everything's up in the air, like, is chemo going to work, or, you know, or how am I going to pay for this, or, you know, are you struggling financially? Are you struggling with your relationship with God? Like, I don't feel like I'm saved right now, but, like, I, I think that I am. I, I don't know, and I'm going through this struggle with God. Like, hey, God, um, are you there? I feel like you're being silent right now. Or you may be struggling with your identity, like, who am I? Where am I going to end up? Why have I gotten this far in life and still don't know who I am? There's all kinds of things we could be struggling with. And here's the thing. I have good news for you. I don't have advice for you. See, there's, there's a difference between good news and advice. See, advice is something you have to do to make the situation better. See, but good news is already done. It's already done. And even on those bad days, even and it's actually because of bad days that we have that the gospel exists. And we're going to be reading about the gospel, the good news tonight. We're starting a new series uh, in Ephesians and the very first chapter is what I'm going to be covering, not the whole chapter, just five verses. So in Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 3, it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. So, all praise to God, the Father, and I just realized this today because my friend was telling me that he said, you can relate to this now a lot more than you could before because now you're a father. And he was like, just like you want to do everything in the world for your child, God so much more wants to be everything to you. 
Just like I want to be somebody that she looks up to, somebody that provides for her every need, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I want to be that. I, I, don't want to, I don't want her to ever get a bad gift. I don't want anything to ever happen to her. And I'm just, I'm looking on them like, hey, when you have something bad, like I, I want you to be able to learn from it. And, and I just want to be that good discipline, disciplinary so that you know I love you. And he says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And I want to camp out on this for a second because we are his children. And he has given us total blessing because we are united with Christ. We're united with Christ. We're not separate from Him. If you are a Christian, you are united with Him. You and Christ have become one. Just like the picture of marriage. That's what marriage is supposed to show, that, that we are now becoming one with our spouse, just like we have become one with Jesus, who is, who is the male, and then we are the church. And so he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. What does that even mean? You see, we think spiritual versus material, right? So this is obviously talking about spiritual blessings, and we're not talking about anything material wrong. See, this is total blessing, meaning that everything good comes from God. James chapter 1, verse 17 says that, Every good gift is from God, and He is the giver of every good gift. Even outside of you being a Christian, there's a thing called common grace that, that He gives good gifts to everything. If, if something is a good gift, He is the giver of it. But we as His children have blessings that He gives to us, and it's a total blessing. But here's the thing, and here's where we're going to mark the difference. See, we are no longer temporal beings. We are no longer temporal because we have believed in Christ and now we have eternal life. And so everything that we are now is going to extend into eternity. And even if you're not a Christian, it's going to extend into eternity, just not in the way that we want, in the way that we, you know, say, you know, everybody dies, they go to heaven, not everybody. So we think of things on an eternal level. So think about this. I'm going to name off some blessings real quick because I just, want to, I just thought about every blessing I possibly could in the Bible, and here's a few of them. In Matthew chapter 6, it says that if we seek Him first, He'll provide everything we need. If He provides for the sparrows, food for sparrows, and even if one of them dies, He knows about it. But even if He, if he provides for the sparrows, how much more will He provide for us? If look at the lilies of the field, they're clothed with such beautiful colors. And even Solomon, in all of his splendor, was not dressed like one of these. And so how much more would your Heavenly Father clothe you since the lilies are here today and gone tomorrow? 
He provides everything that we need. Romans 8.28 says that He works all things for our good. Every single thing you go through in life, all things He works for your good, for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So if you love Him and you are called according to His purpose, then He works all things for your good. He works everything for your good. Just think about it. Just take one day. What bad thing happened today that you wish would not have happened? Think about that. All things work for your good. Think about that illness your family member has or that you have, like cancer or something else. Think about those things. All things work for your good. Think about the heartache you have. Think about the trial that doesn't seem to end. It's like the chasm, the, the gap between the good time and the next good time is just way too long. I remember when I used to feel this joy, and now I don't feel it. I'm just wondering when I'll feel it again. God, I don't know if I'll ever get there. All things work for your good. All things, everything works for your good. Think about Romans 8.37. How we are made more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. We are made more than conquerors. That means that nothing in this world can defeat us. Nothing can separate us from God's love. No ruler. No bad time. No good time, no nothing, no, neither death nor life can separate us from God's love. We're more than conquerors. James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 says this, that we should count it all joy when we endure trials of many kinds. Even trials are for our good. That we can have joy in the worst times we could ever imagine. We can have joy. And you think about Job and how his life played out. And you think about your life and the worst times that you've gone through. You may even have had suicidal thoughts. You may have just been at the lowest point you've ever been. You don't know where to go next. We can have joy even in those times because he works all things for our good. And in those times, we are building perseverance. It's not just a hard time, it's making us better when we have Him. And there's so many more. There's so many more. But think about this. What if He has given you a material thing as a blessing? You see, when He gives you a material thing as a blessing... And you take that material thing and you use it for your own pleasure, your own good, your own enjoyment, and you leave God out of it, and it's all about the world. So if he like gave you a brand new Ferrari and you just drove around town, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, hey, look at me. Look what I got. See, now all of a sudden you're making it about you, about the temporal again, about the temporary things of this world again. You see, if he gives you anything material, 
Because we all have material things. No matter who you are, I don't, I don't care if you like to live the minimalist lifestyle, it, we all have something material, and you use that material blessing that he gave you for an eternal purpose. See, he is the giver of all gifts, and he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. What does that even mean? That we have access to everything. Every need that we have can be met by Him. Every single thing that we need emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it may be, can be met by Him. He is the provider of all. You see, God is independent. He's not dependent on anything. Everything is actually dependent on Him. If anything if he was dependent on anything, whatever he was dependent on would now be God because God in himself is independent. He lacks nothing and he exists within himself. He is self-sufficient. That's who God is. So if you have a need, open up your heart. If you have a need tonight, know that God can fill your need. And you're not too tough as a man to recognize your need. You, you don't just... You can't just hide everything and put everything back in your heart because you think being a man, you shouldn't cry or you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't have need for something. You shouldn't be scared of something or whatever. Go to God and you tell him your need and he will provide for you. And everybody else. There's so much that we need in our hearts and nobody else knows about, yet He is the giver of all good things and He provides every spiritual blessing, every blessing that we can think of, everything we need, we have in Him and we don't go to Him. Is your ang- do you anxious about anything? Are you worried? Are you, are you, do you feel lonely? What are you going through tonight? You can go to Him. You can depend on Him. You can rely on Him and He will never fail you. I went a little long there. It's okay. Stop laughing. I'm just kidding. I thought you were going to laugh at that, but y'all didn't. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Even before God made the world, in the very beginning, see, There's three things that had to come into existence simultaneously. Time, space, and matter. I messed this up last time I said it, but maybe you didn't hear it. You see, we weren't just an accident. This world was not just an accident. This wasn't a a chance, you know, just a happen of chance that this just, boom, all of a sudden we're here and it just happened. This world was made, this world was created, and he created it. God created it. And three things had to come into existence simultaneously for this to even be here. Time, space, and matter. Nothing else explains that. No other theory that you can come up with, nothing else in this world could ever come up with it. And God said it in ten words in the very first sentence of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Time. Space, matter, the trinity of trinities. Time, having past, present, and future. Space, having length, 
width, and height, and matter having solid, liquid, and gas, all of it came into existence at once, in the same instance. Because if you had time and space and matter, so if you had matter but no space, where would you put it? Where would you put matter if you had no space? But if you had space and matter and no time, when would you put it? It had to come into existence all at once. And before he even did that, he loved you. That was like 10,000 years ago. He loved you. Before he even created the earth, he loved you. And before he created the earth, he chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So, oh, he chose me? Yeah, he chose you. I think the Bible is very clear about the fact that he chose you. Because if not, there's a chance that no one would ever choose him, right? But, but okay, so I'm chosen. That means that I don't have to choose him. Wrong. See, the fact that he chose you does not nullify the fact that you have to choose him. And why do you say that? Because he's the creator of logic. He created everything. So when you put the logic, the reasoning in your head to to choose him, that was from him. Say, are we chosen or are we free? Both. You're chosen, but you're free. It's both. And he chose you in Christ, and he loved you In Christ, before he created it. See, this is what that tells me. In Christ. You see, Christ, the whole purpose of him coming here was to live a perfect life, right? Was to live a perfect life, to die the death that we were owed, that we should have died that. And then he rose again the third day later. He rose and he did all of that so that we could be saved, right? If we did not need to be saved or anything like that, then Jesus wouldn't have come, right? If we would have stayed perfect forever, and we would have just had you know, this perfect little life and never did any sin whatsoever, then there'd be no purpose for Jesus, right? Because that was his whole purpose, was to save us from our sin. But he said that before the earth was created, he loved you, and he chose you in Christ. Meaning that he knew that you were going to make mistakes before the world even began. He knew every mistake every sin, every evil thought in your mind. He knew all of that before the world even began, before Adam and Eve even sinned. He knew all of that, yet he loved you and he created you and he chose you. And he died for you. Before the world was even created. Does your heart, do you feel wanted now? Do you feel wanted? The fact that he chose you even though you were going to be messed up, that you were going to have issues, that you were going to doubt him some days, that some days you were going to have bad days and, and think you're not worthy of being his child. But here's the good news about that. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing 
us to himself through Jesus Christ. He decided to adopt you. He decided to... See, unlike earthly adoption, he didn't go into a room and see a lot of kids whose parents didn't want them. And we're scanning the room, seeing which one we want most. And we say, I want that one right there. Maybe this one that we choose is most, most well-behaved. And, you know, maybe he'll grow up and be the most successful. Or maybe even if you just go in there and choose the bad one. See, but he came into our world and chose us, even the Hitlers of this world, the worst of the worst. He sees the worst of the worst in you, yet he loves you, and he chose in advance to adopt you into his own family. You see, and he gave you these blessings, right? He didn't just adopt you into his family and give you a few things You know, like in an earthly sense, we would say, hey, you can come and have a bed to sleep in. You can have clean clothes, and you can have a food on the table, and you can have emotional support. You can have love. You can have these things. You see, God didn't just bring us into his family and give us some things that we needed. He gave his characteristics to us. Now we are like God. You see, if you, in an earthly sense, we look at that, the parent to the adopted child, cannot give of themselves to them. They cannot make them like themselves. They cannot just transfer everything they are into that child because they were born of different parents. So they can only give them just a few things. God comes inside of us and now we become like God as if he was our dad all along. And we get his love and we get everything that he is like peace and we have fruit of the Spirit, and He comes and lives inside of us, and now we are like His Son, and we're united with Him, and we are one with Him. And that's good news. That is what He wanted to do, it says in verse 5, and it gave Him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son, He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So, so, you know, sometimes... The Bible is, you know, got this like metaphor kind of thing going on, like where you have to kind of see what it's saying, and then like as a preacher, you feel kind of pumped up, like like I get to tell them what it is. They ain't got a clue, so it's like just like you know building up, and then there's like a climax, like you know that's Jesus, you know, like Abraham and Isaac, how he went to. The, you know, he brought him up to that mountain. He was going to sacrifice him. And, and right before the, the knife came down, he's like, stop, you know. And then it's like there's like ram in the, in the, in the thicket, you know. And it's like stuck. And he's like, God 
provided a sacrifice, you see, but this is so clear. This is so clear. The good news is, and I can't help but for it to just be as it is. Just let the Word be what the Word is. It's just, and you take it in for what it is. And what's crazy is, um, you know, Kenny said that basically we can worship the worship or, you know, have small groups as an idol or, you know, preaching as an idol. And I'm just thinking about, I kind of feel like I'm in like a, a, like around a campfire right now, like me and my friends, and we're just talking about the gospel. And uh, it's like my favorite thing. Like it, I wish that I could sound like that and be like that, like that mentality when I'm up here, you know. But too many times I feel like I have to perform so that the message sounds good and that there's an emotional stirring in your heart so that when the gospel is presented, you're like ripe and prepared. And, you know, what's even better is if like there's like a lot of people crying and like like the whole room like floods down to the altar and like worship is just like, you know, explosive. Everybody's got their hands raising and there's like a big movement of God and all this other kind of stuff. But right now I feel like like I'm just sitting on a log and there's just here's my here's my friends around me. And you know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna talk about the gospel. We're just gonna talk about it for what it is. And like and here's what it says. Here's what it says, guys. We're sitting around a campfire. You hear the crackling? You hear it? It's there. It smell like smoke. And it says, this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Think about hearing that for the first time. That he wanted to adopt us and that it gave him great pleasure to adopt us. Is that your first time hearing that? Pretend like that's your first time hearing that. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Whenever I first became a Christian, it was like this, or right before I became a Christian, I had never heard a sermon before, like no lie. Like I had heard like maybe five and I didn't actually hear them. I was like coloring or like thinking about something else because I didn't have a clue what they was doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we sitting here for so long, Mom? Like, I need to go home and, like, play in the dirt or something. And here's, here's what, it, like, amazes me, is that whenever I had never heard a sermon before, and I sit in a chair that y'all are sitting in right now, and I hear that God wanted to adopt me, and that he wanted to do that, and it was his great pleasure to do so, and that he was so rich in kindness and in grace that he purchased my freedom. And whenever they would say something like freedom, I would realize that there actually is chains around my soul and that I actually am bound in this world and that there is something going on inside of my heart. And I need whatever that is talking about. I need a father. I need that adoption. I need to be in the family of God. And it's like when I was hearing each sermon after sermon after sermon, it was like, that was new, that was new, that was new. But you see, 
here and now, this is like a Wednesday night crowd, and we probably heard hundreds of sermons, if not thousands, depending on if you listen to them in your own time. And you hear this maybe, and you know that it's all going to boil down to Christ and what he did for you on the cross and how he purchased your freedom. And we all know it's going to all boil down to, hey, if you want to put your faith in him tonight, you know, you can do that tonight. You know, raise your hand if you want to, or, you know, come down to the altar and talk to him about it. You know, and we hear all that over and over again. And all of a sudden, that freedom that we hear is all of a sudden more like chains because we're just like, blah, 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 blah. We're all stuck in chains of the fact that we hear the gospel so much and we don't let it sink in. And there's not that, you know, the new wears off, you know, like the shiny rubs off. And it's like, now it's dull. You see, I remember back when I was just becoming a Christian, I heard those words for the first time, and I desired him so much because I knew that he desired me way more than I ever desired him, and that before the foundations of the earth, before the earth actually appeared as a big circle in the sky, before that ever happened, he loved me and chose me. The fact that something sought after me like that I want to believe in that and the fact that he purchased my freedom, that I didn't have to work for it time after time after time, failure after failure after failure. The fact that he covered that gap and that he is my freedom and that I can rest in him and all that, I don't feel chains anymore. And it's like all of a sudden I hear that, I'm just like, I want that. I want that so bad. And I'm sitting here studying for this message, and I read right over it. Like, I was like, what can I say about that? You know, it's like I read, he purchased our freedom. I was like, okay, what can I say about that? And it's like, stop. Like, what in the world are you thinking? You know what I'm saying? Like, what in the world? The fact you can read over the fact that he chose us and he loved us, and that he poured out his kindness and his grace on us, that he purchased my freedom, and that did nothing to my heart because I'm so numb to it. I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. Maybe the fact that I'm loving the world more than I love him, or the fact that I'm letting anxiety take a place over God, and then I'm not trusting him enough. Maybe it's the fact that I feel like the pressure is all on me for someone to listen to the gospel or not. And you just have to come to the grips that it's your choice. And it doesn't depend on how good the preacher is. It doesn't depend on how good the worship is. It doesn't depend on when you get to go back to summer camp because those are experiences that are awesome with God. It doesn't depend on whether your grandmother or your grandfather shared the gospel with you and you said a prayer and you don't feel that change in your heart, but you're just going to count on that. It doesn't depend on anything other than you loving God and desiring Him. It has nothing to do with me, and I have freedom in that. And as Christians, when we share the gospel with somebody else, we desire so much for them to come to know him. But we have to understand that that has nothing to do with us, that we share the gospel just as a vessel, a broken vessel carrying living water. And so that's where I'm going to leave it tonight. The fact that it's your choice 
whether you follow. And I can't say I'm not going to get mad and frustrated at some people who claim to know him yet don't follow him. And I can't say that there's going to be some days where I don't rest in him and that I try to control everything. I can't say any of that. But I know that it's your choice and that he chose you and so we have no excuse. I mean, he purchased your freedom, so listen to me. If you are enslaved, if there's something in your life that controls you, you're a slave to it. If there's something in your life you think of all the time, you're a slave to it. If there's something in your life you can't quit doing, whether it's a habit or an addiction, you're a slave to it. And God is jealous for you, meaning that he wants you to desire him so bad because he knows that whatever you're a slave to can't satisfy you, but he can satisfy you. So um, I'm going to pray, and, uh, and we're going to you know, worship, but not just in song. Um, maybe even this, during this song, you go back to Scripture and you read it for yourself. Maybe you pray. Maybe you praise God, just like the Scripture said, and say, I'm going to praise God for what He did. You worship in your own way, but let me just tell you, He deserves your worship. And... If you're going through a hard time and it's hard to focus on him because you don't feel worthy, I promise you he loves you. I promise you he loves you. Father, um, I just want to thank you, God, for when I'm not enough, when we're not enough, we just can we can go to you, God. When we feel like when we feel like we can't go anymore, God, you give us a purpose. You give us rest, God. When we feel like we don't belong, you you say you can be a part of my family, God. When we feel like we don't have strength. And that this world is just going to conquer us. You say, nobody can conquer me. And I love you. And nobody can separate you from my love. God, when we're going through trials, God, when we can't think straight, you are our rest. You are the peace that passes all understanding. Father, I pray that a heart tonight is revived from death to life, knowing how much you love them. Knowing that you loved them even before the world was created. I pray that someone would rest in that truth tonight. Lord, I just pray that 
God, you would be in our hearts as we worship and you would be in our presence as we worship you by reading, rereading the passage that we just talked about. God, just by praying to you or by lifting our hands saying, I surrender to you. I pray that you just be with us now.